Welcome to Rock Solid Ministries Frontline Servants Program, where we visit with men and women on the front lines of kingdom service. For more information about our free revival ministry, or to explore more of our audio and video recordings, visit our website at rocksolidministries.org. Again, rocksolidministries.org. Our guest today is Christy Frankie, preacher's wife, mother of four, and and church secretary, not children's secretary, but church secretary at First Christian Church in Vandalia, Missouri. Christy, we met in Clarence, Missouri in 2008 when your husband Jamie invited me to hold a revival at First Christian Church where you and your family were serving our Lord. Uh, And um, since that time, Beth and I have had, well, we've been in revival with you and Jamie five times with four of those revivals right here at First Christian Church in Vandalia. And even though we've known each other for around 13 years, my history with your family goes way back to your preacher grandfather, Sherm Nichols, who I enjoyed a beautiful friendship with in the 1980s. But uh, Brother Sherm isn't the only preacher in your family. You're part of a legacy of Christian servants, and I want to hear all about that. So, Christy... Tell us your story. Well, when you first asked me to do this, Tom, I thought I was going to be pretty boring. But to be honest, I'm pretty proud of the legacy that I come from. And I uh, embrace that. Um, to have a grandfather that came from a broken home to having great grandkids and preaching ministry is pretty awesome and proves that a bad cycle can be broken. Um, so my grandfather had six kids, all six of them were in the ministry. Uh, He had five boys and one girl. The five boys are still in ministry. His daughter uh, married a ministry, a minister, rather, and they got out of the ministry due to some bad um, circumstances that they've had with that. But um, understand that she is uh, still very involved in the church. Um, Out of those sons that they had, they had um, five grandkids that all are in ministry. So they have had three that are in preaching ministry. They have one that was a camp minister, uh, camp manager, and then one that was that is in campus house ministry. And so I am Dan Nichols' daughter, who is one of the five kids. And um, I have a son that is also going to be in ministry. He's so a that preacher is preacher too. I've, I've heard him. That's a great grandson. Yeah. So, yeah. so that's quite the legacy to have. Kind of move on down the line there. Um, so that that's pretty exciting. Um, so then there's me, and uh, I went to Central and got an associate's degree and married what I thought was going to be a farm boy. And then he decided that he was going to go into ministry. And so we've been in ministry ever since we graduated, which was about 20, 23, 24 years, something like that. All right. Let's be honest. Jamie's sitting in here with us. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to do his own podcast in a little bit. <laughs> so, You're trying to get that right with him. That's okay. That's all right. So... Uh, so it's it's okay, James. If you need to correct her, you just go right ahead. <laughs> we, yeah, we started in full time ministry in 1999. I graduated yeah. college in 1998. But we were doing part time we ministry all through college. Yeah, that's right. So I thought about doing this for both of you at the same time. It might have been a better <laughs> idea, but 
But we'll go ahead and get, get okay. your story. So, now, you said central. Uh, we might make that clear for anybody who's listening. Okay. Not understand. Central Christian College of the Bible in, in Moberly, Missouri. Moberly, Missouri. Yeah. Okay. Which a lot of my family also went to central. So it was kind of known that I was going to head that direction. <laughs> well, I, we, we have a habit on our podcast. I've learned this over the last year or so of, of saying, of, of talking uh, uh, Christian church lingo. And, you know, and, and, and saying a name here or school there. And I always try to verify where that is because we have listeners all around the world now. So. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. 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 Um, and so um, ministry has its up and downs, of course. And um, I wish that the colleges would do a better job preparing the women. You marry a preacher and you don't really know what you're getting into. But being from my background of ministry in my blood, I kind of know what to do. But I think it's important that we as women are able to use our own God-given talents and not just go with what the church thinks that we should be. A lot of times you go into a church and they want you to be this or that. They want they like to put their preacher's wife on a pedestal. I don't like the term preacher's wife. In fact, if somebody introduces me, I will say I'm Jamie's wife. I won't say I'm Jamie's, I'm the preacher's wife of Day First Christian Church. I just think it has kind of a connotation, and I don't really like that connotation that it has. Because I am me. I may not be what everybody thinks of as a as a preacher's wife. I'm a little off the wall, maybe. <laughs> you are your own unique self. <laughs> I am. And that's God, what I've always loved about you, Christy. <laughs> God, I broke the mold. <laughs> but I like to go into a church and kind of loosen them up and just kind of have fun. I think um, being in a church, you know, you don't have to be this stiff black gown all the way up to your neck dress type of thing I think you can just be yourself and I think it's important that that you embrace the talents that God gives you and and do that and not just do what the church expects minister to be you came here not as well you did come as the preacher's wife but you came as Christy the Christian yeah yeah and and am I I'm right in assuming what you're saying is you want to be recognized as a member of this congregation who's serving the Lord yep. with your own unique ability. Yeah, I'm no better than somebody else. I'm, I'm, I sin just like everybody else. I'm no better. You know, I'm still learning just the same as everybody else. So right. um, I try to be an example as a leader for the people, but I don't think that we should be put on a pedestal as if praised, you know. Yeah. Kind of, and it's the same as the preacher. You know, they kind of like to say, well, this is our preacher. And they embrace that and are excited about it, which is fine to a degree. But don't don't think that we can't fall off that pedestal. Because once you put us up there, we're more likely to fall off of it. <laughs> well, we've had this conversation on this podcast before about uh, how important it is that the church recognize that we are, we and our family, as, as we become, as our kids become Christians, we're... We're fellow Christians, members of this church, and you happen to pay our dad, uh, our husband, because you don't have the time to do this, and he feels called to this. But we are members of the congregation, and we're not hired hands, we're not hirelings, uh, and you shouldn't put us on that pedestal. Yeah. You should realize we're just one of you, and, and love us as one of you, mm-hmm. as one of the family. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, but ministry is a lot of fun and, and we try to incorporate our kids into that at a young age. We, we have done, um, elder appreciation banquets and we have tried to 
get our kids involved with that. And the first year, they may have kind of bucked at a, do we really have to help serve these men and women, you know, but then as time, they really look forward to doing that. That's the one thing that they really enjoy helping with is. Tell us about that. That's that's something um, unique. Okay, so we just decided that, you know, elders is a hard job in the church and that gets very little recognition. And sometimes they're the ones that have to take the brunt of a lot of the problems that are involved with the church. So just to show them a little appreciation, we um, would have a banquet. We provide the food. We don't have the church pay for it. Jamie and I do that out of our own pocket. We serve them or have our kids serve them. (laughs) And we try to play a little game. And then we might have a speaker come. Um, In the last few years, uh, we didn't, do it because of COVID last year and this year it may be kind of sketchy because we've got some wedding stuff that we have to do and graduation but um having a speaker come in was good to a certain degree but then I felt like they need to come and just relax not just be lectured to they don't need more necessarily church they need a good time of fellowship just amongst themselves so I decided just to have a game night and Mm -hmm. so the first thing that we did was probably something like um catchphrase and so i made up my own game and catchphrase is this game that you have a word and you've got to try to get people to guess that word without saying the word and so i'd have different bible and and they just cut up they just had just a great time playing it was great to see your elders doing that relaxed so business setting yep yeah and then another year we did kind of a mystery a mystery game and um And so they had to guess who stole, like, the teddy bear or something like that. And and I had a different costume for each of them to wear because they were that character. So I made them dress up. And and if you don't know my personality, I'm the type that has a silly hat. I will bring silly hats to revivals and make people wear them and take their pictures. And it's amazing how many people just take the hat and put it on. Well, they see you coming and they go, all right. And so yeah. that's my thing. And so I, I had them all dress up and, and you know, there's, um, and I did it in couples. So each couple was the same character. And so I had, uh, one of our elders had to dress up as a girl and had a wig on them and the whole bit. And then it was just a, it was a hoot. It was just so much fun. And I think they all really, really enjoyed it and just appreciated it, you know, and, and we did not expect them to have to clean up. It was one thing they just came and we just, it was just like a hour and a half type of thing. We ate, had a little game, prayed, left. And we always had a little gift for them to show them our appreciation. And I always did a theme one year. I did a Monopoly theme. So the whole table was um, and was a giant board of a Monopoly board wow. game. And so, and then we, their little gift was kind of one of the, um, the game pieces. So we had a hat or a car. And one of our elders, the last name was Car. So guess which <laughs> thing they got? They got right. to be the car. <laughs> So it was just kind of fun, just kind of loosen people up and just, just let them know that they're appreciated. And, and that's one thing that the kids have really gotten into. And then I also do the, um, we started a, a Christmas dinner. And again, it's another meal that is just completely provided. People don't have to come and provide anything. The elders, I usually have them cook a turkey. And then I do usually 100 pounds of mashed potatoes. Me and the kids do that. And then all the fixings to go with it and uh, serve when we first started doing it, we served about 200 people. 
course, our attendance has dropped off because of COVID. We're going to plan for about 150 people this year. And it's just a great outreach trying to get people to come in because they don't have to provide anything. They can just come and sit and relax and enjoy without feeling like they have to bring something. It's a very unique way to minister to your congregation. Yeah. Differently than what I've heard before. Oh, really? And, and spending the time with your elders and their wives. Um, I had never done that outside of a, a business type meeting until I moved from Colorado to Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And they had been without a preacher for a year. And the, the youth minister and his wife and the elders and deacons and their wives met monthly outside of a meeting. Oh, okay. And had a dinner and played games. Because he said, we realized that we needed this time together because we were so... Uh, it, 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 so much pressure to find a preacher and, and we were so, so everything was so business mm-hmm. and we just absolutely they and they continued it for the uh, we were there four years they continued it all that time and I had never seen elders and their wives playing silly and sometimes just <laughs> stupid games yeah. you know everybody yeah. getting in a hula hoop and running down it's just it's, <laughs> And, and it was hilarious. But what you're saying, I don't think we hear enough of that. Yeah, yeah. That, that we well, need that beyond. Agreed. Just, just and, I, and I think that people think that church is a serious time and we're not allowed to have fun in church. Right. And I just disagree with that, I guess. And I think it's good for people to laugh and smile. God gave us a sense of humor for a reason. Yeah. And as long as it's done in a righteous way, I think it's good. He gave you a double dose. <laughs> <laughs> More than some, yeah. Probably I so. <laughs> We got off on that a little so, bit. So tell me, tell me more. When when did you become a Christian? I think I was I was the last one in my family to become. I'm a twin, and so um, my twin brother is also in ministry. And and uh, I can remember my dad setting us down one time because there was a couple of kids that in the church about when they were about eleven, sat us down and asked us a bunch of questions, and I just laughed the whole time. So Dad's like, well, you're not ready. So my brother went ahead and got baptized that year, and I think the year the year after that, then we had a revival, and I didn't tell Dad or my mom that I was thinking about it. It was just kind of I was in the pew, and I just felt this urge to go forward. I just knew it was time that I go forward. And so I went down front, and after we were getting ready, Dad said, you know, you could have told me ahead of time. I didn't get the baptistry warmed up, so, so it was cold. <laughs> but um, it was it was a good time. And actually, my brother and sister were in the nursery, and so they had to get somebody else to watch the nursery kids so they could come up and see my baptism because it was just kind of mm-hmm. one of these things that I just felt like I needed to go forward. And so I was about 12, I think. And where, um, what church was that in? That was at Alma Christian Church. Alma in East Superior Christian Church in, in Michigan. In Michigan, yep. right. Yep. So we were talking earlier that you spent a lot of time in Michigan. Yes, yeah. Um, Dad was there about 16 years, and so he moved right before I got married. And and there was a lot of times that he wanted to move before I did, and God, I guess, listened to my prayers more than, more than Dad. Oh, but uh, he yeah. he kind of had some a tough ministry, and... Uh, I would have to go and uh, go with them when they would interview, and I was not very nice <laughs> sometimes. Oh, all kinds of fun. Yeah. Yeah. My, so. my kids didn't like that. I moved a lot as a young preacher, as preachers do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it, it's, it's tough on the kids. It is. It is. My grandfather moved every four years or approximately that. He went into uh, churches that were split or came out of a split and were very troubled churches, so he was a fixer. He went in and fixed a church and moved on from that church. 
And so that's what he did. And, and dad, I think most of his ministries that he went to were from split churches as well. Mm. And um, those can be kind of difficult circumstances. Well, I know your but... grandfather when he was at Central Christian mm-hmm. Church in Colorado, Colorado Springs. Springs. I think it was the old mm-hmm. Colorado City area. Mm-hmm. seemed like it's been so long ago. But uh, can we talk about him for just a minute? Yeah. I, I just I have to uh, <laughs> because he was such a, a great guy, and I see his sense of humor in you, and, and I think that's what really, uh, really made me just love you from the beginning because I could just see uh, your grandfather yeah. in you, and and uh, I've told you this story, but for listeners who may know the Nichols family, I have to tell the story that. Sherm was always telling jokes. Always, he, I forget him. He said, "He said I have a library, and he had hundreds in my brain. I can't forget them. He said they're just there." And we go to church camp up at, at Camp Como, Colorado Christian Service Camp. Mm-hmm. And we usually, a lot of us found our way. We were sleeping in the in the dorm rooms that were not in the cabins, uh, and they were in a big gymnasium we built during the time that we were living there, and. One year, I decided I am not sleeping in the same room with Sherm Nichols. <laughs> I don't I, know I, why. I never, one thing, you're at 10,500 feet. You need the rest. Yeah. You know, and, and Sherm just tells jokes all night. And we can't, you know, we, we, we can't sleep. So, man, and it may have been my associate minister at my church or, or one of the guys who was working with another one of the Plains churches said, we are, we are getting in the room next door. We're not staying in there. We're closing the doors. We're getting over there. So we're in there, we're, we're laying there, and it's, uh, it's dark. We're thinking, okay, great. And all of a sudden, we heard everybody in Sherm's room just laughing and hee-hawing, <laughs> and they got quiet. So, okay. And just a minute later, they're laughing and hee-hawing, and then it's quiet. <laughs> well, that was worse than anything, because we didn't know what they were laughing at. We didn't know what the jokes were. <laughs> And we stayed up awake all night listening to these guys, just every few minutes just laughing. Some of them, I think, even fell out of their bunks. They were laughing so hard. But uh, he was a great guy. We spent time in his home, and and uh, uh, he was very supportive and encouraging to me in new church work. And it was actually him that uh, was holding a revival for us in Sterling, oh, okay. Colorado, when uh, I got the phone call that my grandfather, who was a preacher, mm-hmm. was dying. I needed to get to see him. And so your your grandfather finished the revival without me. Oh, okay. And we left and drove to Mississippi. And, uh-huh. and uh, so that's we just had a very good relationship. And when I left there, he told me I did not need to be leaving. But I, I did anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and that may have been a mistake. But anyway, he was probably right. But, uh, but you know, live and learn. Anyway, yeah. I had to tell that story about him. Yeah, he, and, he had a lot of wisdom. He did. And one of his favorite jokes that we would go to restaurants and he'd he'd always tease the waitresses, which would just embarrass all of us at times, but he'd ask the waitress, Did you lose a hundred dollar bill? A roll of hundred dollar bills? She's like, No and he's like, Oh, that's too bad. I found the rubber band. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh. So that was kind of one of his favorite things to wow. to say, but So life is a preacher's kid. Yeah. Tough. Yep. Yep. It can be. Um, and I've always tried to uh, shelter our kids. Of course, we've had pretty decent ministries where I didn't have to shelter them too much. But going into it, I before we had kids, I we kind of talked about how we were going to deal with church people right. um, if they were to get. Because I was not treated very nice sometimes, and so I didn't want my kids to have an ill feeling of ministry. 
because that can be a turnoff. I just didn't want our kids to be turned off from ministry. I wanted to kind of keep that going. And so, um, but we didn't really have to deal with that. People have been very nice to our kids and have treated our kids with the love and respect that they would treat any other kids. And I have always appreciated that. But So our our oldest son, Walker, um, is going to graduate in December, and he's with a, a preaching ministry degree, a bachelor's, from Central Christian College of the Bible. And he's got a full-time ministry lined out. Uh, he'll be preaching at Downing Christian Church, which is near the Iowa border, um, near Kirksville, Edina, that kind of area up there. And then um, Michaela, my second oldest, is going to be graduating with an associate's degree in May. And uh, she's going to be marrying um, a young man that's going into youth ministry. And so she'll be in ministry as well. And then Jackson, our third son, is uh, wanting to go into worship ministry. And so he's a senior this year and not sure exactly where he's going to land. Um, But uh, he's got a heart for music and has kind of taught himself how to play guitar. And and so we'll see where that takes him with that. I think he feels a little bit of pressure to go into ministry. And we've always tried to tell our kids, you know, I know that you've got it in your blood and the long line of preachers in the family but i don't ever want them to feel like that's where they have to do as long as they're in the church and involved with their their local congregation being an elder or a deacon or even if that's not where god leads them to be at least if they're in the church involved in the church that's enough you know i don't want them to feel like the pressure there to go into ministry but i think jack feels that a little bit and he knows that he's not going to be a preacher he doesn't have that and youth ministry, I don't think that would be his thing either. So I think he's just kind of fighting to, to know where he fits in. So he's kind of right. struggling with that. But And then Kemper, our youngest, um, he's a sophomore this year. And he would love, he wants to be a preacher. That's on his heart right now. And again, not sure where he's going to land. we got to find a conservative college for him to, to go to. We're kind of picky about where our kids go to get Thank their you. preaching um, degrees. Yep. Yeah, need to be. Uh-huh. Exactly. There's not very many colleges that we would let our kids go to, and that list is getting shorter year by year. And so it's pretty sad that we don't have the conservative colleges that we once did. So I want to get straight. If Beth was in here, mm-hmm. uh, she would have all the names down. She got all the Kimber's the youngest. Yes, Kimber's right. the youngest. And and uh, I actually mistook him for an older brother when I first got here. Because okay. Because he has shot up. Yes. You know, he really yeah, has, he has. But... Uh, one night he was at the front door of the church opening the door greeting people as they came in and I thought you young man are a preacher yeah yep (laughs) and And he's had that on his heart Uh, one year at school they had to it was some kind of spirit week and they had to dress up as what they were going to do when they became older and he said mom I'm going to dress up as a preacher and I said okay go for it and I think he even brought his Bible to, to school, and he had the tie on and the dress shirt and the wow. whole line. And and for a kid to go into the public school and not be ashamed of that, yeah, is pretty big deal, you know. So, but none of our kids have ever been ashamed of their faith. They've they've always been very vocal about it. Again, yeah. which I'm very proud of our kids, you know, to be able to to stand up for what they believe in and. And they've always, since I've known them, they've always been outgoing and yes, and, and, and yep. very willing to share with you as not, not all preachers kids think oh goody there's another evangelist total revival <laughs> i get to talk to him but they've always been very friendly yeah, and talking yeah. and i don't know why knowing their parents why they're basically outgoing i with that, don't but, know either but, but and, they they've always been 
I'll just say this for both of you sitting there. I've always been very impressed with them. Well, thank and you very much. Beth has too. Uh, and preachers could kind of get kind of a bad rap sometimes. Oh, yes. But um, they're, they're, for the most part, pretty good kids. They they run around just like every other kid in the church, but for the most part, they're pretty pretty good kids. Yeah. So <laughs> so how, how has it worked for you? Uh, being, is this... This is the first time you've been the secretary at church, is it? Yes, it is actually. Oh, it was the first time. Mm-hmm. So you weren't well, not when first. I mentioned. was always a stay-at-home mom with okay. the kids, and then um, I've done different things. I was a postmaster relief for time at Clarence. I was that about a year, okay. and um, I've been a substitute teacher before. Hated it. <laughs> <laughs> And so I've done some things, but this is the first time that, and I'm only part-time, but I'm there five days a week. Well, usually, I mean, Sundays right. is another day, but I yeah. don't and you, and count that. But. People don't count your working, but you really are. Right, right, because that's when people can catch you and, and whatnot. Oh, and could you so. make a copy of this? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, Beth, Beth has been through that. And the phone's ringing. <laughs> like, yeah. nobody else can answer the phone on Sunday morning. <laughs> Has to be the secretary. Well, I figured you, you have the answers. I, and, yeah, apparently yeah. I'm in the expertise to answer the phone, I don't know. Well, how does, but, it, how does it work uh, taking, because there's, people think, oh, you're in ministry, it's everything's, you know, roses and everything's peaches and all. <laughs> but there are days that, that's very stressful for you. And or Jamie on the same day, sometimes different ones, and you get home. How do you can you separate that? Do you are you able to separate? That? Yeah, I can. I mean, I can compartmentalize. But, but again, growing up in ministry, you learn how to do that. Right. And so, and with secretary work, I think it's easier than it is with ministry work. Now, the hard part for me is separating secretary work from preacher wife from these things when I'm in the church right, because volunteer yes yeah, yes because yeah. it's like okay where is it where's the line at where is it that i'm getting paid for this and where is it that i'm volunteering my time for this because i'm also in charge of um anything that is visual so i'm the visual director of the church as well meaning all the computers all the tv screens anything that has anything on them that's my job but right. now would that be the job of the next secretary i doubt it because right. the next secretary may not have the capabilities to do that so right. Um, but you know, I, it's, it's, but it's all one thing too, because you know, you're not getting paid the salary as, a, as a church secretary as you would if you went to the secretary of another department right. in a business. So I look at it all as ministry, right. but sometimes the church looks at it as a business and you know, they want me to donate my time for this or this, but then they only want to pay me for this or this or this. And right. I think we both need to look at it as a ministry to a certain degree and not just as cut and dry and it's hard it's hard from it's hard from your side to, to, to see where it's cut but it's also hard on their side yeah mm-hmm. and like I said it's hard to be an elder yeah <laughs> <laughs> and it's hard to, 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 to understand uh, I've had people tell me in the past uh, well I know exactly what a minister's life is like I said no no you don't, you, you don't. <laughs> that's right uh, why don't you just stop your work for about two weeks and be with me every yeah. minute of the day I'll mm-hmm. let you go home and sleep at night but if my phone rings I'm calling you <laughs> And we'll together because yeah. you, you really don't understand that that we're not only paid as ministers, but we're also volunteers. Mm-hmm. We volunteer our time because we love the Lord. Right. And mm-hmm. it's not all being done because you're giving us a paycheck. Right, right. And, and, uh, and yeah. it works really good being the preacher's wife in the secretary position. I don't know what it was like 
having other secretaries in this position, but, you know, we are on, Jamie and I are on the same page with a lot of stuff, and we can discuss things before putting them on the calendar and check back and forth with our calendars to make sure it's all going to work yeah. with the church and stuff. And and just, just having that, to, and, and having the ends of knowing what's going on and how how church works. A lot of times you have somebody that, that's the secretary but doesn't understand how church works. And right. some, I mean, you hate to say it, but there are politics in church, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and if you don't know how the politics in church work, it can be hard to do any kind of ministry as well, because you just have to. And you know, some of the churches hire secretaries from the outside mm-hmm. who, who uh, at times will hire non-Christians, which yeah. I never recommend, but then they sometimes will hire someone who has no understanding. They're from a, they're from a denominational background. They have no understanding of how to put things in bulletin, how to word it, where, mm-hmm. as I said, Christian church speak. Right, you right, know, uh, right. Beth was uh, was working, I think she was working for me as secretary, and the Methodists really wanted her. <laughs> and they, the Methodist preacher really wanted to hire her. And I think it was part-time for me and part-time at the bank at the time. Okay. And she served as a sec- secretary in three churches. And if I get this wrong, she'll correct me when we're listening to this <laughs> podcast later. But... They really wanted to come, and I said, well, if that's what you want to do, you know, I, I hate to lose you. And she said, I don't think I could because there are, there are things in, in Methodism, and if you're a Methodist and listening, no offense intended, mm-hmm. there are things in Methodism that I just, that, that, I, that are, I totally disagree with, that are, I, I don't see a biblical grounds for, and for me to, to type up something, to promote something, I, I couldn't do. Right, and right. That's why I told her, go ahead and do what you want, because I knew exactly what she would say. <laughs> And, and and I kept her. So. Yeah, yeah. When I first took on the job, I remember there was a particular person. They don't go here any any longer, so I can kind of tell this story. But um, they may never hear the podcast. Anymore. <laughs> People like to be critical in the church, no. and the easiest place to criticize things are the bulletin. You know, we have these blooper reels of all the bloopers of the bulletin. You know, and oh. and all these things. But um, I didn't make a lot of mistakes but I would make some because I'm human of course you know and so I'd have this particular person that would catch me every Sunday morning and there at the beginning I was still trying to figure out how things worked I didn't really have any training with it um I was the fill-in secretary before I came the full-time part-time secretary but so there's some mistakes and uh I would always get caught by the same person and he'd point out the little mistakes and blah, 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 you know. And I finally just got tired of it. And I said, you know, there's only one perfect person that walked this earth, and his name was Jesus, and I'm definitely not him. So until I become Jesus, I guess there's always going to be mistakes. <laughs> and that kind of cut that off a little I, bit. I, but I believe Beth told one person that was critical. I think it was Beth said, uh, started saying, oh, you caught it. <laughs> I, you know, that's great because I put that one in there for you because I, I wanted to see if you could find it. You know, so I did things like that. And that you know, yeah. there's always somebody who's got, got some criticism. Yeah. And, yep. I, and, and I understand that. So um, so how long have you been here? Uh, we have been in this ministry. It'll be 11 years this coming March. That long. And actually, when we moved here, uh, we were right at the end of the school year. And I told Jamie I was not going to uproot four kids. They were from preschool all the way up through uh, sixth grade. And I said, I am not going to uproot my kids and move them just two months before school is out. And so I stayed behind, and I would drive up on weekends. And um, I had to pack up the – and we lived in a parsonage at the time. And um, 
that ministry ended on a kind of a sour note. And so I had to do all the packing and all that on my own. And Jamie had moved up here and it was difficult at the end, but I, you know, I tried to make it as stress free on the kids as possible because they had a lot of friends at that last ministry. And I didn't want them to be soured on ministry. And so they don't really, they didn't really know all the goings on that we dealt with at that last ministry. But, um, um, that was, that was, I was glad that we stayed through the end of May because that was good on the kids. It was a hard enough move because they were old enough anyway that they right. didn't want to lose their friends. And I understand that from being a preacher's kid and not wanting to move and dad always threatening to move. And yeah. so I didn't want them to have that extra stress. And and so uh, when we moved to the house, I let each kid pick their own color for their bedroom to try to make it easier on the transition. And Michaela, she picked circus colors, as I call them, bright teal, <laughs> bright purple, bright yellow. And so one wall was purple, one wall was blue, this teal color, and one wall was yellow. Then the other other wall was stripes in each one of those colors. So you can imagine what this looks like. And Jamie was kind of having a fit about it. And I'm like, it's just paint. We can paint it later when she gets older. And my mom and dad used to have to stay in her room, and I think it kept them up for hours. <laughs> <laughs> so we finally painted here just a couple, uh, probably about two years ago, and finished wow. and got kind of more of a neutral color in, in there. But we didn't go in her room very often. But when the door was open, it was pretty pretty bright. <laughs> <laughs> so they made the transition. All so right that made it that made it easier. And they and actually um, we were concerned about them having enough kids their ages here because right. they came from a church that had a lot of the same ages and and they slipped right back into it found kids and of course they're social enough that they never had any problem making friends and and uh, it's been nice because now that our Jackson and Kemper are home by themselves without the other two they've really got a good friend base going and so it's nice to see that and they're all church kids so there's about 12 of them that just run around together and they've been doing great so well let me ask you as a preacher's wife and church secretary who's here an awful lot of the time, what can you do or do you have any advice to share how you can keep your own spiritual life up? Because you're not, because so many times you're just, you're doing spiritual things because they need to be done mm-hmm. rather than doing things for yourself spiritually and keeping your own life right with the Lord. Yeah. Any, any thoughts on that? Um, I think you need find quiet time. My quiet time is walking. I do a lot of walking in the evenings and you know, it's dark out, it's quiet, it's serene, it's my time. And I don't like to answer my phone, I don't like to have any distractions, it's just my time. And I think you have to find that, your your space somewhere. And with the busyness of church, busyness of the kids, that's just where I find my my serenity is, is in that time. But um, I think it's important to have have your alone time and just for you because you can get caught up in if you're a preacher's wife you're under in the shadow of that while you're Jamie's wife or you know you're the kids' mom you know you have to have your individuality and Mm. and if you can't find that I think that's where you get lost and you need to have your own and that's why I say you know you need to find where your gifts are and and put yourself in the church and using those gifts instead of well, the preacher's wife always is in the choir, or the preacher's wife always teaches Sunday school, or the preacher's wife does this. Figure out what, you know, is your gift. And my rule is I never jump into 
a ministry in the church until I've been there for a year. And I look at the church, see where there's holes, see where my gifts are, and then see where I, what I can do to help. When we first moved here, I had everybody, I mean, the very first week, everybody was coming to me. They want me to be the president of the women's thing. I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't even know what you all do. I'm not going to volunteer to be, <laughs> be the president. They want me to take over the funeral dinners. Again, I don't know any of the people to call. How am I going to do that? You know? And so I'm just like, I just, so I just had this rule. I don't do anything until after the first year. And then I see how things are ran, see where I might fit in and see what I want to do. And, and there's always spots there. You're not going to have a problem finding someplace to serve. And I think that's another another way. If you do something that you enjoy, it's going to help bring you closer to God too because part of being a Christian is serving. Right. And if you don't give, you're not going to receive. And so um that's just what I would say probably. Well, find, finding that quiet place and for you the walking. And we might say to our listeners, this is a very small town, safe yeah. place to walk oh, yeah. in dark yeah. at night. Mm-hmm. And, and do you walk even in, in 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 the cold northern Missouri weather? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And sometimes I'll come to the church and and I ha- or I have driven around different um, corners of of the town yeah. during COVID and stuff. I would just drive and pray over the town or the church people. We have a daycare, so you might go sit in the parking lot and pray over that. You know, if you know where your elders are, if they're in this this corner of the town, go to that corner and pray for those elders. Just different things like that that you can do. That's great. Mm-hmm. I really like that. That's a good thing. And 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 uh, the walking, uh, as we know, helps blood pressure. Yep, yep. And uh, and, and it helps it, me think. Yeah. I think a lot better if I. I, I like to be kind of creative, um, with things, and it kind of frees up my mind to be more open to creativity of things that I can do. So. I wish I had discovered my legs and walking years ago. You know, it took me. Yeah. <laughs> took me to my mid fifties <laughs> before I learned that. But it really has been good for me. Yeah. It, it's mm-hmm. it's something I look forward to, even though I do mine early morning. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I really enjoy that. It does. It, it's very helpful to me. Yep. Uh, well, you've seen a lot happen in church. You've grown up in churches, and you see there's a lot of changes coming in our country, in our church. And I asked this question from. Um, to ministers, uh, preachers, a lot, and I don't get the perspective of the preacher's wife. Sorry about that. I, would, <laughs> I just use that term. That's of, okay. Of, of, of the Christies of this world, <laughs> but I would like to. I would like to ask, what do you see as major uh, difficulties that may be ahead, going ahead from today that you see in the church? You've seen where we've been in the past. Are, are, are the changes that have happened that you believe may uh, be taking us away from our, our mission as someone who has not only grown up in a, in, with a legacy of preachers all around you, but also married to a preacher, a church secretary who's in, a, in the church office every day, receives mailings, and, and uh, so you've got a unique perspective. What do you see as, as things happening that um, might not be the best thing? COVID. <laughs> I would have to say that COVID, COVID, is that okay to go that direction? I just, I feel like COVID has really done a disservice to the church. Our church was closed down for seven weeks. We are slowly growing back to where we were, but I don't know that we'll ever be back to where we were. I think our churches had done a disservice by putting everything live stream. So that makes it convenient for people just to sit in their jammies and watch that's one thing we could do here, but I refuse to do that because I think there's something to say about Christian fellowship and being 
in person, mm-hmm. you know, not just being on your couch watching with everybody. It's not the same thing. Even when we were shut down, we would still come to the church, make our kids get dressed, and still come to the building. And we invited the youth minister. We'd invite several other people if they wanted to come and join us right. um, just to make it feel more like church because it's not church at home. It's just it's no. not the same thing. No. And I think that we're going to continue to see that I just think that's a hurdle that we're going to always struggle to get back to the yeah. normal where we were before. We're taking a big step back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it just feels like we're just every step, one step back, you know, trying to get half a step forward. <laughs> so, Well, what would you say, uh, think of all the years you've been in ministry and, and around ministers and all, greatest blessings or, some, or even one big one that you remember that just, Drop comes home to you. Um, the biggest blessing was probably in my home church that I grew up in in Michigan. We had a family that was fairly wealthy. And um, at that time, mom and dad, the church was not paying them that much. Like a lot of churches want to starve the minister out, so right. to speak. And I remember there was um, a time that mom and dad didn't know what they were going to do for us for Christmas because things were really tight. And this one family had given each of us $100. Wow. And... For a kid of like, you know, I probably would have been in um, fifth grade or something like that. $100 back then was a lot of money. And, um, you know, it's just, we just couldn't believe that somebody would do that. You know, why would they give us each $100, you know? And and so because of what they did, it makes me want to be more generous with people. And so early on, we would give anonymous money to, to different ones. We'd either help somebody out at the Bible college or mm-hmm. um, people that we knew were struggling, we would just give them. And so that probably had the biggest impact on me um, that way because I guess, you know, you kind of pay it forward, so to speak, and you see how, yeah. how it impacted your life and you want to do the same for somebody else. And maybe it would and maybe it won't, but if you we had the funds to do that and so we chose to. But... Well, the scriptures say that the old women should instruct the younger women. You're okay. I see that. Look, I'm not calling you older women. But before we came in here, you said you might have some things to share with young preachers' wives. Yeah, and it's just going back to the thing where you know don't don't let a church try to tell you who you are. Be who you are. And and the first ministry we had allowed me to be who I who I am. They didn't put me in a box, and I appreciated that. So I would get Bubba teeth were a big thing back then, and so I would get some Bubba teeth, and and I would pass them, get everybody a pair, all the women a pair of Bubba teeth, and we'd just take pictures using our Bubba teeth, <laughs> and we would go to conventions and things. We'd have our bubble teeth, Bubba teeth, and just start smiling at at people, and it's just stuff like you know that's my personality. It may not be everybody's person, but you've got to find what fits you in a church and you'll you'll enjoy serving so much more rather than trying to fit into a box that they expect you to be in so that's the advice that i would give is just be yourself and be who you are and be true to you well time's flown (laughs) and we've got time to talk more but i just thought i'd ask you is, is there anything else that you'd like to share well i think we've covered pretty much everything Well, in my boring little corner of the world. (laughs) Well, I'm never bored when I'm with you. I can tell you that, and and always look forward to talking with you on the phone when we're setting up revival meetings and and uh, sharing with. And you always, uh, at least your office, whoever all works on it, your evangelism team, you 
you do a great job of promoting the revival, and and uh, your your mail outs this year were beautiful. Um, uh, I did not know that you were uh, recording the services this week, video recording, putting them up online. Mm-hmm. In fact, someone asked me, one of your members asked me last night, and I told him, well, I did the same series in Oklahoma last week, and they put it up, but I had understood you were not. Well, I was, I wasn't going to, and then I decided, well. You know, there may be people that work. So I know that we have some that our revival starts at 6 every night. And there are some people that don't get off until 5. But they may be an hour away from here. So there's no way they can get here in time. And so I thought, well, we're not doing it live. But I can put it up and they can watch it later. So Well, the recordings are, are the, the audio is really good. Uh-huh. And, of course, and the video is very good. Uh, I just saw it popped up because you tagged me in something last night. Oh, okay. And this week... Uh, Greg and I were, uh, the Stricklands are with us this week mm-hmm. and doing our music. And we have a bit of distance to travel to our motels. So we've been riding back and forth every night. And he said, I'm surprised, Tom, and what you've been talking about, you have not been talking to the people online. I said, well, they're not recording online because I always talk to the camera about people who are sitting at home oh. in their jammies. And I said, <laughs> so I got one more night. You can talk to the jammies. see if I don't talk to people who are at home tonight. But, <laughs> But That's uh, right. uh, you, you've done a really good job with that. Well, we thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks. Appreciate the opportunity to be with you and and uh, just just to share in your lives a little bit and be a part of your family. And you've always you've been so good to let us be a part of your family. Well, we just love having you and, here. You're just like family to us. Well, so. we love being had. And. Well, I guess if that's all we've got to say, that's that's all there is. That's all you know, she wrote. <laughs> that's, that, that's all there is. We'll probably think of something when we're, when we're off. Maybe we'll, we'll do this again one of these days. Yeah. You'll say, hey, I forgot to tell about this yeah. or that or the other thing. But I started writing a book, and I, I thought about getting it published, but I'm not sure that I will. But it kind of goes through basically some of the stuff that we went through at our bad ministry, just kind of as a help to other preacher's wife. But it's in its very, very <laughs> first stages of of writing, but maybe something that I need to develop more and have a resource for some of these younger women. It, it would be maybe. good. I, now I have heard people say, uh, you know, I'm I'm writing a book and I'm naming names. But I, don't, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know. That's a good idea. Beth, Beth uh, does a lot of journaling, and, mm-hmm. and she's said nobody sees this till I'm dead. You understand that? <laughs> and see, and I I put a little prelog in there that says all the names have been changed to protect the guilty. <laughs> Oh, well, I, I, like we say, that's all there is. Yeah. So uh, I would say to our listeners, if, if this has been helpful to you, or if you just laughed a little bit and think you have a friend or coworker in Christ who needs to laugh a little bit, then I hope you'll share this podcast with them. And until next time, this is Evangelist Tom Weaver saying goodbye, and may God pour down his blessings on you like a Mississippi rain. <laughs>